welcome to another episode of Cosmic Conduits. This week, we are talking about family, the challenges, rebellion, acceptance, and unconditional love that eventually should come with the experience of being close to your family. And I think Jesse and I have a lot of really beautifully valuable perspectives on this topic because we are both people who have challenged our families as well as have been immensely challenged by our families. Yet we both live at home with our parents and we maintain a really great relationship with them despite all of it. It's true. One of the most important lessons I ever learned was how to be at peace with my parents and how to accept them for who they were. And even when I thought I was on the path to enlightenment and I was loving and I was appreciative, I had no acceptance. So it was a very fascinating thing to have learned. And that is such a journey in itself and such a necessary part of the journey as being a human because there's this necessity to eventually go back and understand why were we born into our particular families? Why were we surrounded by the personalities that surrounded us? Some of us experienced an abundance of love and privilege, whereas others experienced a prevalence of abuse or neglect. Mm and everything in between, but it crafts you as a human being. And later in life, it is your duty to unpack the what's and the why's of your surroundings. And so I want to begin with speaking to these challenges of having a family by asking you, Jesse, what kind of challenges did and do your families present to you? Mostly things like judgment, having a family that has a family business in the beauty industry. Judgment's a real big one because for the last 20 or 30 years, I forget how many years, they are training themselves to focus on the physical material plane and nothing else. So they see somebody and they immediately make a judgment in their head. Whether it's something positive or negative, it's happening. So that's the first one, judgment. Secondly, definitely acceptance. <laughs> That's a big one through having to find peace and love for them, even in seeing them doing things that are not good for them or, or neglecting their own health, for example. And yeah, those are the main two. And then I, I suppose appreciation is always something they've instilled into me, but I've had to ramp up and bring back to them in action or words or however they prefer it. And those are probably the main three, I'd say, actually. Yeah. How about you? For me personally, it was growing up as an only child and having to, on my own, process a lot of what I experienced growing up. And that being the issues that my parents had with one another um, or things that I felt within myself, uh, things that I had to sort of conceptualize on my own because I didn't have that, that guidance. Mm, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes your parents are, they're your parents, right? But you don't have that younger, that in-between. There's that, no in-between. There's no, there's no guidance from an older sibling or something. That's it. And it's interesting because I can't imagine a life without that, whereas you didn't have that. So yeah. Be, you turned out so good considering, man. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, no. Um, 
Yeah, being an only child was a weird one. I think that was the main thing. And then just that just perpetuates everything because having to sort of set your own standards and all your parents' hope, hopes and wishes are riding on you. Yeah. And yeah. so when you don't play out any of those... <laughs> um, you're just a disappointment. You're just a giant disappointment to yourself and them. And, and them because yeah. you're kind of all their eggs. Yeah. Literally. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in response to these challenges that we experience as a result of our families growing up, you and I, I would say, were quite rebellious in our youth. Yep. Yeah. We pushed the boundaries hard. And so I want to know, Jesse, how did you rebel? How long did you sort of rebel for and what was your relationship like with your family during that time? It was about six years and it was through doing things that they particularly wouldn't approve of, such as lying, going to parties, drinking at way too young of an age, smoking at way too young of an age, experimenting with things that they to this day don't know about and Overall, just being mischievous with my friends and enjoying myself in ways that they wouldn't approve of. And then during that, my relationship with them, it was surprisingly okay. Considering I could keep them at arm's length and not let them completely in. Because the more I would tell them about my life, the more disappointment I would get. So I learned very quickly that I should only let them see the sides of me I want them to see basically to practice conditional love because I, I learned what their conditions were very quickly and just played into that so that I could remain loved, but also enjoy myself and go to parties and have a teenage time. I don't know how to put that differently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My answer is pretty much exactly the same. And the whole conditional love thing is really interesting because if for our generation in particular, I think it was very fucking hard for our parents who migrated from these countries where they were living in villages, living in local communities with Crazy. their families. Yeah, coming to a coming to the Western world with the surge of technology that we grew up with, we're alien to them. Our 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 yeah. upbringing and values and behaviors and interests were aliens alien to them they didn't have access to social media to media in general to drugs and alcohol like we did no. wagging school was not an option they used to get belted if they acted yeah, out they in had, school they had the cane in school exactly not just their parents at home beating them yes <laughs> beat in school <laughs> to us that's unfathomable yes but to them it's just oh that was my your teacher hit. hits you in school you hit back yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's really interesting so i can't blame them for having conditional love because they didn't have any concept for what we could be doing in that time so of course they they were loving this side of us that was you know jesse you have to be a good boy don't you have to be a good girl because they didn't really know what else was out there and they feared that yeah. i believe yeah lots of fear yeah what i think is so important to understand and what people do get is that that rebellious time in our lives was so necessary totally agree and there are two types of people the ones who rebelled and the ones who didn't and i am so glad that i rebelled me too and i'll tell you something weird this is a awful hypothesis with no data whatsoever <laughs> but i guarantee it's a jesse turner guarantee that if you could find out the percentage of people who had midlife crises in their lives and Compare that to the percentage of people that rebelled and see if the, what the correlation was. 
basically I'm saying if you didn't have your rebellious phase, you're more likely to have a midlife crisis. And I've seen this from firsthand experience. Again, no data whatsoever, but I've seen it and it's fascinating to consider. I think that's a thing. Psychologists listening, there's a little bit of work for you to do. Yeah, do that work, please. Find us the research. Send it over. What I want to know is, was, I know the answer to this question, but. Ask it anyway. Was there any point in time in which your parents found out about an element of your rebellion and how did that play out and how did that affect your relationship with them? That's a good question. There was two situations. One was when it was directly directed at them. (laughs) I was looking for the right word, but I had to use the same word twice. Directly directed at them because they took away my guitar. And when I was at that age, that was my only outlet. So without a guitar, chaos would emerge everywhere around me. So they took it away. They hid it from me. And I lost my fucking mind. And how, what happened? I had multiple hissy fits, screaming, tantrums, just being a child, even though I was 14 and <laughs> ended up seeing a counselor and a psychologist for the next four or five years. And that eventually led to antidepressants and led to psychiatry and uh, sleep doctors. I forget what they're called. Um, people who study you as you sleep and uh, more medication surrounding that as well. So that was the start of a whole bunch of emotional issues. Uh, so that was the first one. And so your parents saw that as a mental health crisis on your end. Yeah, I was getting mad. I was yelling at them. I was swearing and I was being, I was running away and not wanting to come back and packing my bags and getting super annoyed when they would try and pick me up or just see what I was doing or try and control me. And that was confronting for them because they'd never experienced that side of you before. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And um, the other one was a situation where I was caught on school camp with something. Uh, I won't say what it is, but I was caught with something on school camp that I shouldn't have had there with me. And uh, not according, according to the rules, I shouldn't have had that there with me. <laughs> according to the law. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, I had to, you know, have a meeting with the principal, parents, police station interviews, all that rubbish, community service. Didn't harm anyone. Nothing ever happened that was detrimental or damaging to anyone around us. And just so everyone knows, it wasn't a weapon. I don't carry weapons. It wasn't any kind of thing that can hurt anybody. Yeah, it wasn't in fact, badass. In He's fact, not that cool. Yeah, I'm pretty cool, but in a different way. It was more designed to make people happy. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> So I want to revisit that concept a little bit later, but I want to talk more about this idea of rebellion being a necessary part of life. Yeah. And I, I really do believe that. And do you think there's, that there's some sort of limit to how far we push the boundaries? Or should, how far young people should push the boundaries? And, and also why in what sort of situation should you start pushing the boundaries <laughs> i don't know if this should be taken as life advice for young people like hey if you're going through this then why don't you try this but <laughs> please don't take it this way yeah but you do you i think the boundary should be pushed how far it 
is based on your own conscience and what you're willing to to go through. The thing I see, the thing I have come to understand about rebellion is that it's very defining. And those moments, they help you find your own boundaries. So how far should you push the boundaries? Well, you'll figure that out when you start pushing the boundaries. Then you'll be like, hmm, I'll yell at my parents, but I'm not going to go murder that small family in the park. How will you know what scares you unless you do something that scares the shit out of yourself? Right. That sort of thing. Right. And obviously, it's not encouraged to just emotionally act to stuff like that. But when you're in your teen years or you're just young in any way, you don't necessarily have the capacity to stop and think. You just see red and you act. So it's a very personal question, and which requires a very personal answer. And there is no right way. But if I had to sort of try and give a, a, a rounded off sort of answer, I would say push the boundaries enough, put, push the boundaries enough that you're definitely not hurting anybody or yourself or push the boundaries enough for you to feel something new, feel challenged, feel as if you have a new hurdle to overcome. And that's all. This is really freaking great advice. Okay. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I think it's great advice, not to necessarily kids and teenagers, but just for humans in general. Man, if you're stuck in your relationship and you have three kids and a wife and you're loving life, but you're also a little bit like, what next? Push the boundaries, man. Push the boundaries. Do something that other people would be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. But something that gets your juices flowing yeah, something that's not hurting dancing. anybody yep that's exactly what i was thinking of you know some some night dancing i should try some pole dancing uh, yeah you should i'd be into that is there a certain <laughs> amount of hair that's allowed around a pole um i don't think there is but is there once they see there? you i feel like there would be a boundary there. okay so they'll yeah, you'll the, you will set that so boundary. you're saying you will i will push the boundary you will be pushing they the will then set the boundary based on me the pole dancing is not the boundary your hair is the boundary gotcha you're pushing. yeah mm. which is really beautiful but Anyway, for me personally, it's for me pushing boundaries and rebellion is an inherent part of who I am and the way that I do things. Because if I feel oppressed or suppressed in any way, then I need to know what exists beyond that. And I think that's really important. If you feel like some part of yourself is not free, then it is your duty to find your own freedom, to create your own sense of freedom. And I think that for youth, that is why there is a need to rebel because you grow up with your parents telling you what to do and then you go to school and even more intensely than that, these random strangers are telling you what to do, not just what to do, but what you should be interested in what to learn how to dress to wear a fucking button-up shirt and tie which adults only do if they work an important office job or if they're going to a wedding or a funeral it's just that type of thing i think is so it, it it encourages such limitation upon a developing mind and so to push the boundaries means to go out and explore what feels good to you what are different ways of feeling good? And I think that's what the that's what rebellion truly is. I'm starting to feel really shit here doing the same fucking thing day in and day out for 13 years of my life, literally kindergarten to year 12. What exists beyond this and how can I experience that? So as a parent, if you don't want your kids to full-blown rebel, make sure they're experiencing like having experiences, but I also don't think you can stop them for trying to find their own way. 
to experience life. I really believe one of the things you just said is the best answer to your earlier question. How much should you push the boundaries? You just said, do what feels good to you. And I think that's where the line is. As you said that, I reflected and thought, everything I did felt good to me. It felt good for me to go drinking with my friends or partying or whatever. It felt good every time I did it. So do what feels good to you. Now, if you have this relationship with feeling good and hurting people in any way, don't do that. But find your sense of freedom. And I really love the way you put that. That was fantastic. And you taught me something. So thank you. Can I jump back a bit and ask you about any defining moments with rebellion that you had in your youth? That's a great question for me because that also leads into my next sort of point or train of thought, which is how do you come back from rebellion and how do you heal the relationship with your family? And so for me, my phases of rebellion were extensive and a lot of them did blow way, way out of proportion. They were huge. Um, and this was not even super early in life. This was a little bit later into my life after I'd finished school where I was really, really pushing the boundaries of my mind and my existence. And it, was, it wasn't even at that point anything to do with trying to act out, trying to rebel against any sort of suppression or oppression. I had been in a really deep, dark place in my own head and I was honestly in the world finding the people and the practices and the places and the things that connected me to myself and to a greater sense of experience in this lifetime. But to do those things, I had to do them behind the back of not just my parents, but my extended family who I was staying with at the time, because it was even just going out and hanging out with people was such a big no-no, even though I was effectively an adult. But due to my family, sort of like, especially my extended family's really cultural, traditional values, they still treated me as if I was a little kid. So I had to go out and do those things behind their back. But when they found out and then when the word got back to my parents, my parents found out this whole thing blew out of proportion. That created a giant rift between myself and both my parents and my extended family that lasted four years. And while I have really worked hard to regain my parents' trust and heal that rift with my parents, I am still trying really hard to mend my relationship with my extended family. And with some of them, I don't, I've accepted the fact that I don't think it'll happen. I had an incredible, extremely close relationship to a few members of my extended family who have just been hurt so badly just purely by me and my rebellion and living a life that is fundamentally different to theirs, that I don't think they can ever accept me as I am, knowing that that is a part of me. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with, but that was really, really hard to go through. Sort of wrecking these relationships with my family. Shit, now nobody trusts me and everybody thinks I'm a shitty person. Even though I was just doing things that made me who I am today. Is that the side of the family that might have more traditional belief systems? Absolutely, but not even that. I think it's some of the family who do feel quite bound right. by this lifetime. 
And because some of the more traditional members of the family have now accepted me fully, some of the older generations are now way more loving and accepting towards me than the younger are. And Mm. it's some of the younger generation that are really holding on to these grudges because I think I represent a a mode of living and and freedom of self-expression and and just this ability to chase what I love and what feels good to me and to do whatever the fuck, regardless of what other people think. And that is really confronting for some people. And I think people sometimes have to keep telling themselves that I am still lost in my path to justify them being lost on theirs, just because I'm not living a path that resembles anything similar to theirs. And it completely contradicts their own values as well, where they would love to go and party with their friends, but they never, they, they never got to. So anyone else who, who perhaps to them ignores the priorities of life to go and party is a delinquent in their eyes. And yeah, and then also, if anyone knows what you look like who's listening, she's covered in piercings and tattoos. And I'm brown. And she's brown. Fiji Indian. Yeah. It's not a common thing at all, especially not for girls. Right. And so people who have older traditional mindsets, like even my mom to some extent, look at Danica and... On first response, they would think she's a criminal because she has tattoos and piercings and that's pretty much the extent of their thinking. And now that mom's gotten to know you, she actually loves you and can see that you're a sweet-hearted, beautiful-natured human being. But as you said with your family, it's very interesting how some people come back around some people who are even more traditional come back around, love you and accept you. And some people keep you at arm's length or just don't even engage with you at all. Why do you think that is? Why do you think some people came back around and some people didn't? I think it is this, how I was saying they're uncomfortable with where they're at because I think by so nature, yeah, I think being, mm. being close to me in some sense at some point is going to threaten your way of thinking. Who they are. And yeah, 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 because I am so different. Yeah. I think so differently. And if somebody expresses any form of closed-mindedness, I will call it out. You're prod. I'll prod. <laughs> I want to know why. Yeah. I want to know why you can't move beyond that. Um, yeah. So I've also had to reflect on, or even now I do reflect on, was it worth going through that period of hardship with my family in order to do what I did back then. Because when I'm talking about that period of hardship, I'm talking about 2016 to now. So that's five years. And I still have not, I, I, I've probably only just mended my relationship this year with a lot of the family that saw me differently back then and still 50% have accepted me, 50% haven't. And is it is it worth it? And my answer is fuck yes. Because just to tie off the... Mm the train of thought about rebellion the thing about rebelling is that when you go out and live your own fucking life you find who you are you find yourself minus the expectations of your family society school friends whatever it is when you go out and meet new people and experience new things you inevitably find yourself within that. You find what feels good to you. And if you continue to chase that, it leads you to your path and your purpose. And that is why I think rebellion to some extent is a necessity. Fuck what you should be doing. Do what you want to do and see where that gets you. Mm. I will add on to that and even say, follow your joy. If you're not sure what you should be doing, what do you enjoy? What keeps you in a flow state? 
what can you lose yourself doing? That's usually a good indication of what you should be doing. It's hard though sometimes, man, when you do still have these confining external environments and you want to chase things that you know bring you joy. Your environment's choking you. Yeah, your environment's choking you when you are sort of severing these ties with people you care about and it comes there comes a time where you almost have to choose yourself or choose the other you should always choose yourself though and if you do find yourself choosing the other you set yourself up for potential misery later yes the midlife crisis the midlife crisis exactly because you're playing into what everybody else wants but everyone's gonna fucking die (laughs) usually the people older than you a lot earlier than you are then when they go and you find that you have different values to how they raised you (laughs) you find you actually i do like this thing that mom never approved of well you're going to start to question your entire identity what else what else did i what else do i love that i perhaps may not have been doing because of my upbringing or parents or people who are around me who judge me yeah very defining i think that also just to backtrack even more that can be one of the things that is most challenging about growing up with a family I find that weird to say because I'm like, doesn't everyone grow up with a family? But not necessarily. So going yeah. up with whatever rep- resembles family to you. But I think another one of the fundamental challenges is the fact that your parents are constantly trying to push onto you things that restrict you because of the way that they are feeling restricted as well. Yeah, that's true. Or on, on the flip side of that, things that they never got to do. So if they're yeah. pushing you towards excelling in the arts or the sports and yeah yeah, just yeah studying and stuff like that they're trying to live through you man either through oppression or through liberation via a form that doesn't necessarily gel with you and so i think that is so challenging and that is why we need to rebel against that where it's like cool that's what you want but how do i find my way so they want to live through you because they're unhappy with the way they're living or what they or they lived or they want or expect you to sort of end up where they are if they're in a good place or how they are. And these methods of thinking that exist around those, I guess, those me- those ways of raising people, that's not very pro-evolution either. If you're trying to raise your kid to be better and better and better and you want your kid to be better than you, don't put them into the same box that you were put in put them into a much better box so that (laughs) they can have more space to become, I guess, more unique, more aligned with with a purpose. Trust that they will get there themselves. They don't always need all your guidance. Sometimes they just need freedom and they'll find the way. And freedom to be unique is so vital because if you want your child or your family member or your whatever to make any real impact in the world... Got to do things differently. Science and innovation relies on the fact that people are doing things differently. If people do things the same, nothing happens. Things stagnate. We need new, we need people who think in different ways, in new ways, in creative ways. And that's why we need to encourage them to be whoever they are, whatever that looks like. Exactly. Going back and revisiting what you were saying about your mum, about the piercings and the tattoos and me. Um, That is an interesting thing to reflect on because my father is the same. He is avidly against piercings and tattoos and anybody who looks like a criminal. Um, (laughs) And 
it has in the most cosmically hilarious way taught me that what you resist persists. And with bringing up your kids, I've seen that when you try to keep them away from this and that culture, you know, culture is fundamentally what it is. Culture in the form of drugs and parties and piercings and tattoos and media and sexualization. When you try to keep them away from all of that, there's going to come a point most certainly where they break free from your confines and they hypercompensate by going way too far into all of that. Yeah. Or again, they never do. And then they reach that midlife crisis and then they shoot themselves in the face or, you know, <laughs> or five other people or five other people. Yeah. So <laughs> I find that concept really interesting And even with us in our relationship, I can see it with your parents, how their resistance has manifested me beyond my appearance, somebody who has really challenged their morals and values and belief systems Mm. hard. Yeah, not just you, but also me and my little sister. So yeah, totally. It's one of those things where they have resisted their... they've They've had a certain belief system about people with tattoos and piercings for a long time. And now they are being forced to address that belief system because they've resisted it for so long. And it's more than just the external, it's the internal too. There are are so many things that they never thought that they would end up with via you. Yes. That they've had to confront. And same for me with your family. These, There's many, many things that certain things that I in the past would have labeled as close-mindedness or ignorance that I was vehemently opposed to. I didn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I never thought that I could end up with somebody with a family who exhibited any sort of this or that that I didn't relate to. But Mm. now that I'm there, I realize, first of all, holy shit, Danica, you called this in, bitch. That that is your challenge. I resisted that. And so what I resisted persisted in the form of your family. But then moving through all of that, I now approach your family with so much love and acceptance and get to experience a whole different side of them that I only came to experience through moving through my own resistance and seeing, holy shit, I manifested you guys and you guys manifested me. Mm -hmm. And we've just triggered each other back and forth, back and forth until we've come to a place of love and acceptance. But when you come to that place of love and acceptance, that's when the changes start to occur and that's when the revelations start to come in. And that's where you start to go full circle with the lessons of family. Yes, 100%. Family is in itself a very fascinating lesson when you really take the time to reflect on the reason you ended up in the situation you're in. Very much so. There can be a sense of why with family. Why did I have to go through that? Why did that, this have to happen to me? I why mean, did they say this? Why yeah, did I react why this Why did they way? do this to me? There's yeah. so much ugliness that I've heard of and observed surrounding family. Really deep, dark, ugly shit that you could say nobody deserves to go through. But it's not about deserve. It's what did I need to go through? in order to reach a point at which I self-reflect hard enough or act in a certain way that impacts this reality, self-reflect hard enough to impact my reality or act in a certain way that impacts somebody else's. And, And the reason I say it like that is because when you trudge through shit, you come out on the other end either fundamentally broken or stronger, stronger. 
you move through the broken and you mend yourself. And when you're stronger, then you self-reflect and you are able to create change in your world. But when you come out fundamentally broken, you probably pass on those broken tendencies that came from somebody else who was broken onto somebody else to break them. But you're creating this bigger impact. Yeah. You're creating this bigger impact that seems negative, but at some point, somebody is going to have to go through that in order to heal themselves and choose to heal themselves, do it in an empowered way. So somewhere along the way, even if it's not within yourself, though it can always be within yourself, somebody is going to experience enlightenment and healing to a certain degree via going through really shitty familial experiences and circumstances. And this is something that we always have to come back to. Why? Why did this happen to me? What have I learned? How has it made me who I am? I would change the question from, well, the first thing to do when you self-reflect is to change the question from why did this happen to me to why is this happening for me? So then you can see it objectively and you can say, oh, I guess I am triggered by X, Y, Z and they have uh, have exhibited X and Z. So now that I know that, how can I change my reaction in order to move myself closer to a place where I now accept and appreciate X and Z? That's really the most important thing to do. You're talking about generations and generations of generations of brokenness and, and lack of emotional reflection going on and going on and going on. And then it gets to you and it gets to me and it's a much deeper way of processing. We have the tools that's, and resources that, that we need to break the cycle. That's it. And do you, anyone listening, do you have the strength to break that cycle? Mm. Because that is not an easy thing. No. You know what the easy thing is to do? Is to react and yell back and say, no, fuck you, ex-family member. Perpetuate it's, the cycle. Perpetuate the cycle. That's the easy thing to do. That's what you do when you have no awareness. That's what you do when you have no ability to want to evolve or ability or capacity to reflect and then evolve. When you decide how, what is this trying to teach me? How can I become better, stronger, more loving, more accepting through this? When you make that decision for yourself, that may just be the most life-changing moment of your, of your life. Here's an analogy that we can cut out of this if we want to, but, <laughs> <laughs> but in Avatar The Last Airbender, it's like the lightning, right? Somebody shoots lightning at you. There are three ways that this could play out. A, it hits you and you get hurt or you die. B, you learn to redirect the lightning and then you have that option to send it straight back their way. Or C, you send it in a different direction. And that's kind of the options that you have here. It either hits you and it breaks you or it hits you and you throw it back or it hits you and you throw it elsewhere and you say, I'm not doing this anymore. That is so fucking beautiful. I've learned oh so my much from Avatar. <laughs> that, that so geniusly ties into one of my favorite Eckhart Tolle quotes where he says, if you're in a situation and you're not sure what to do, you have three options. Change the situation, remove yourself from the situation or accept the situation. So change would be to attack back, wouldn't it? No, fuck you. Um, uh, remove yourself from the situation is to dodge, evade. And then what was the other one again? Accept. <laughs> Accept. Well, okay, I know you attacked me. Here, I have the, the electricity in my hands. I accept it. I understand why you did it. I'm giving it to the earth mm-hmm. because they can diffuse it. Mm-hmm. Such a cool analogy. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to forget that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Avatar. But if you think about it this way, if you grew up with the most harmonious upbringing of all time, 
How vanilla would you be? I'll tell you what, that's a curse, I reckon. I I totally agree because you have there's no, no individuality. There's, you no, have no, there's no edge. Yeah, there's no edge. Exactly. <laughs> We've got so much edge. <laughs> Your conflict resolution is probably limited because you've never really had to use these mechanisms of problem solving and getting yourself out of a sticky situation you probably don't really know what you're super passionate about but if you've been through the thick of your shit and you end up with 101 triggers and later in life you have the opportunity to do the work that we are doing now and we are talking about now where you get to go back and see why things have played out and to choose differently how much more substantial is your life going to be? How much more of an impact can you make when you have to go back and undo the traumas that you have faced and move through these triggers and these reactions? And when you come out on the other side of that, you can help so many people. You can relate to so many people and you are more experienced and more interesting and probably a fuck ton wiser yeah. than if you just cruised your way through your life. Yeah, yeah you might be content but you probably wouldn't be fulfilled that's unless right. you'd been through the shit totally agree for example if i relate it to my family i was taught conditional love to some point to at a, which at a very very young age my first few years of life even when i wasn't being given attention i would have outbursts and conditional love played out in many other ways as well that i won't get into but thank god that happened because it allowed me to reflect on love and it allowed me to get to a place where now I can see when I exhibit conditional love versus when I exhibit unconditional love. And as a result of being able to see that, I have changed the way that I am and the way that I receive, give, and perceive love as a concept. So thank God, because everything that your parents pass down to you, every trauma, every dysfunction, is actually a blessing. And if you don't reflect on it, then you are going to play it out. And that's another thing that I've learned from living with my parents, experiencing things that don't feel so good to me and realizing, holy shit, I do that. That sucks. That's so ugly. <laughs> and so by going through all of this stuff, you have to realize that if you don't consciously reflect on it and change it, then you, my friend, are probably acting out the shit that you hate that your parents do or did to you in some shape or form. And to go back and rewrite that means you can choose differently. So for me, I got to choose. It wasn't conditional love, but the love between my parents was very, very icky. And I got to choose not to settle for anything less than a love that fulfilled me. And now I'm in a really, really great place in my relationships of all kinds, whereas I haven't seen that with my parents, but I've learned from their mistakes rather than reliving them. And I did spend a short amount of time doing that, but I broke that cycle through self-reflection. Break the cycle is such a key point. Self-reflect, break the cycle, evolve humanity and evolve yourself in the process or evolve yourself and evolve humanity in the process. It's the best thing you can do. And so after all of these years and years of rebellion, I think I, I was going to ask, how do you get back to good? How do you go back? How do you come back to a place of contentment and peace and harmony within your families after a long period of rebellion? And I don't necessarily think it's something you have to claw your way back from because eventually you do grow and begin to self-reflect 
and therefore you begin to better yourself and your family observes that. Yeah. And so moving towards the conclusion of this conversation, what I have come to is the moral of this entire story and conversation is do the right thing your way. Now, there are two things I want to say about this. Doing the right thing is what your family wants you to do. They want you to be good and to do good, but they don't necessarily know what that means for you. And then on the personal side of things, we want to do things our way. We want to live our own lives. We want independence, but we don't necessarily know what's good and what isn't, what's right and what's wrong when we're growing up. So I think the place that we are trying to come to in terms of our relationships with our families and within ourselves is doing the right thing our way, letting your child do the right thing their way. So telling them what is right and what is good, but then allowing them to live that out in whatever they, in whatever way they choose, even if it doesn't look right to you, even if they go and get piercings and tattoos and drop out of university and fuck life for a little bit and just do whatever they want and have fun eventually they're going to find their way back as long as they're being good people like you said jesse they're not hurting anybody Mm. they find their way back and that's how i've made peace with my family where i look and act in ways that my family never imagined that i would and it was really really hard for them to accept but once they began to accept it because I wasn't being a bad person, now I'm sort of becoming this hybridized version of the daughter they've always wanted to have, where I'm willingly back in university doing really fucking well. And I've never done good in school, you know, I mean, back, back before the trauma I did, but once again, I'd never cared, but now I care. Now I'm doing well. Now I'm making it. Now I'm just all the things that they wanted me to do or be or both, but I had to find my own way. And it looks, still looks very eccentric to them and it still confuses the fuck out of them and triggers them hard. But when they come back to moving through their triggers and sitting with, yo, let me look at this objectively, they can't help but admit that we good. <laughs> I love that. And so I will ask you, Jesse, what was your way of coming back from rebellion and finding harmony within your family again? And would you say there were any residual effects? Absolutely, though it mended over quite quickly when they saw the change in my nature and my way of being. My way of coming back started with me ending a pattern, which I had seen in my parents. I ended that pattern for myself. And then I therefore was able to be different surrounding this topic. And the pattern was loving myself. Growing up seeing my parents not love themselves in certain ways. And so I started to love myself. I started to find solace in my own alone time. I started to evolve my own creations and move closer to my end goal of myself. And it wasn't until... I started really redesigning myself, which would have been two, three, four years later after like a major turning point in my life. It wasn't until that three or four year later mark where I started to see things such as, holy shit, my parents really took my advice that time. Oh my God, they actually listen to me now. They actually respect my opinion. They actually wouldn't go as far as to say they learned something, but perhaps maybe subconsciously, 
And yeah, what, what, what really did it was, was me changing myself. It was me changing myself, not because they wanted me to change, because I knew that if I didn't change myself, it was just downhill from there. So yeah, what about you? I think that what you said is spot on because there there comes that period of time where with that big blow up that I talked about before where you sort of have to accept, yo, things aren't going to be good for a while. But you can't fixate on that. You can't lose yourself in the other and their experience of you. You do have to choose to focus on yourself and to be better and to feel better. And in doing that, you are, it may feel selfish and it may feel like you're, still perpetuating the rift between yourself and your family. And if you are in that point in time, I encourage you not to stress and not to think that it's going to last forever and not to fixate on how your family is perceiving you because that is your time to go away and do you and focus on you and to heal your own heart and mind. And eventually when you come far along on that journey, you do reach a point in which family does start to come back into your life. And my parents came back in, way quicker than I thought they would because I really set myself back on a good course. I wanted to be better. I rebelled hard and then I realized it it showed me all of these beautiful, magical, wonderful things that I fucking loved and I didn't need to rebel anymore Mm. because I knew it was there and now I just had to align with that. I said, cool, I don't want to have to rebel to experience these things. I just want this to be my life. And so I committed to a path of everything that is what I'm doing now and and my parents started to see like yo this is not the path that we thought she would take but damn she's better because of it and so live it live your fucking life if you're going if you have chosen rebellion if you have chosen the alternate path live it and make sure it looks good and make sure it feels good and let that be the communicator let that be the thing that brings you back into your family's lives and brings your family back into your life where you're just staunchly saying no this is right this is fucking right I know it and I feel it because your family will inevitably have to feel that too if they really do love you and they really do care and if they don't ever come back into your life then they probably would be an obstacle to your own happiness and trust it then you find a new family then you find a new family and it comes that's it yeah it comes do the right thing your way that's all I can say make sure it feels good make sure it's right everything else will fall into place Thanks for listening and we will catch you next time.